Afternoon. Good night. No. Oh. You skipped one. You Jesus skipped, Christ. You skipped two, actually. Yo, I just got to this. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm new with the one apps. Right. Okay. Sorry. All right. Here we go. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. Oh, it's shit. the whole day. Yeah. I get it, brother. And sometimes fourth meal. You know, depending. When meal. we get that Taco Bell sponsorship, we're going to bring back the fourth meal. Um, you guys didn't think it would happen, but because DJ Enough is the greatest person in the world, he mm. came back literally a week later to sit with but us again. Part two. Part two is also happening. It's making me question your your decision making process. <laughs> right. Because after the first time, I don't know why you came back. No, no. The, but the best part about that is E was early the first time. Yeah. And we weren't ready for Dick. Because it was the first day. First time we ever used the studio. First time we've ever used the studio. And my guess is within two months, it won't even look like this studio anymore. But we're working on it. Yeah. Comes back for week two. He's early again. Again. He's that professional. Although we, it was more in order this time. This was faster than last time. 100%. Last time we were practically building the studio. Yeah. It actually already looks a little more professional setup wise than it yeah. did last well, time. Why don't, you, why don't you give credit to who, who did it? Oh, you mean you mean Miss Hatton? Of course. Thanks, Natalie. Of course. Natalie's helping yeah, if you us. Put the camera, and Billy June. Poor Billy. Boy, Billy's like, where's my credit? Yeah, you too, Billy, <laughs> Billy June. Put the camera under the table and show how I clean up the wire. <laughs> Sife, yeah, the wires. It's going to be way better, trust me. No, no. Sife cares a lot I about wires. I got zip ties in the bag. What, are you planning on kidnapping? I got zip ties. I'm a, it's going to look nice. Enough. The feedback was amazing. I hope I hope you saw some of it too. But people are loving the uh, part one, and so we're thrilled to have you back for part two. I'm excited to be here, guys. Let's do it. One one thing that someone pointed out actually um, in a the fan, uh, a listener, a friend, an epper, an epper, a Juan Epper said in the Discord. So they're a patron, actually, our, our most special listeners. Because because if you go to Patreon.com/slash Juan Epper's Life, you become a patron. You can communicate with us during the directly. Discord. Yeah. So, anyways, they uh, someone pointed out though. Don't forget. That when enough did the get money remix with Jiv, with sure. Jiv, God, I gotta yes, gotta make sure Jiv gets his credit. No, no, you guys co-produced it, hundred percent. So you and Jiv produced that. That sample ended up being what Tupac used for "Hit 'Em Up." Yeah, it broke my heart. Did yeah, that must have been a crazy feeling? They, I didn't forget that. I just didn't connect it. Yeah, you know, you know how that felt. We were on the road, and we were literally in Texas. Yeah, we were doing a show with. The Ghetto Boys, mm-hmm. or maybe it was Ice Cube and Mrs. Scarface. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one of the Texas groups. Yeah. And after we finish our show, we're leaving the arena and everyone's bumping. Hit them up. That's, <sighs> the first, that's the first time I heard it. Yeah. Remember, there's no, there's no Spotify. I know. Again. There's no, yeah, YouTube. That's it. The street was YouTube. There's like 64 Chevy Impalas convertibles with banging sound systems Plain and hit candy paint playing hit them up. Wow. Outside the arena. And it's like, oh, shit. This you, is crazy. Do you listen to Hit Em Up? Do you play Hit Em Up out? I never in my life played Hit Em Up one time. Really? Not one time. I was, I was going to say, I, I don't. Kept, I kept the loyalty to my guy even after he died. 
you can never play hit him up, even in Jersey. Nah, never. Because you know Jersey loves Pac, like 100%. to a different level. And you'll play the other Pac play other Pac songs. 100%. I got my favorite Pac song. Any other Pac diss songs? No, just the one hit him up is not happening. It's not happening. You'll play other songs though, where they might be a mention. Yeah, but that, the hit him up was too much. Just hit him up. I, I got to tell you, Saif, I, this may sound incredibly nerdy yeah. as someone who never even met Biggie. I've never played it. I've played it. I, I've, I love I, you for that. Thing. I've never played it. It's too much. But it's I, too far. I, you know what's funny? I never played it until I saw Doo-Wop play it. <laughs> oh, don't blame Doo-Wop. Yo, Why no, don't no. you? I, I've noticed you have a lot of doo-wop. I uh, love doo-wop, bro. I know. I get it. <laughs> I love, I, I he's love one him of my too. favorite DJs. Yeah. He, a lot of my style is, I'm not going to say based on it, but inspired by him. But he, he played Hit Him Up at Speed. He was like, I got to play this. But also he talked his shit over it. And then he would play Who Shot You right after. Okay. Got it. Okay. Which. Understood. Also, I don't love that street mentality either because violence begets violence. But I saw the, his, his theatrics of the way he did it. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear Biggie talk about Hit Him Up? No, never. How was Biggie always so sort of lighthearted? He really, to me, always seemed to want to play it down. Like, even when he said, if Faith had twins, she'd probably have two pox. Get it? That's take get it to pox. He's taking a really serious thing that someone said that most people really would go crazy over and he's kind of just like flipping it on its head and making it was that just was that That his nature that was kind of him biggie came from a rough side of town and it's either we pulling guns out or i'm gonna laugh this off look what faith did faith did the same thing she laughed it off you get to a certain point what are you gonna do but laugh it off i think one of the better one eps of all time uh the late great prodigy told us that he straight laughed off the ballerina, the entire yeah. Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. He wasn't joking. He really openly laughed in front yeah. of us. He was like, that shit was funny. He was like, I was. He was like, hey, my grandmother made a lot of money. That was her business. Mm-hmm. And grandmother B, was famous. She was like, he was like, it, he was like, but the picture's funny. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's not funny. But real quick, I just want to touch on what you were just saying. I don't know if anyone knows this. I used to DJ for Little Kim. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. So I, so... How I was introduced to Tupac and Machiavelli was through Lil C's when the Machiavelli came out. Is he's dis? I'm like he's dissing you in this song. He's like, yeah, but the music fired him. <laughs> and then we go do a show in Florida in a on a on a native reservation, the Seminoles. Right, the show was two days later, but we had to go early because Kim was coming from somewhere else. So we're in a janky, a janky motel on the reservation or some shit and people knew we were there and they were driving pickup trucks, circling the hotel, bumping the new Machiavelli album and just circling. And I was like, yo, what's, what's good? And they're like, people love that. Yeah. They like, they always do that. They always do that. They always like play Tupac around us. Try to like, it was crazy. Uh, but you know what? That makes sense. People would do that. That's like trolling. It's tro- It's literally it live trolling. That's live trolling. You said it. Live trolling. You said it, my brother. Um, all right. So, E, we left off after Biggie's passing and getting into the late 90s. But one part that I guess is right around that time, you tell me the timeline that we hinted to, that we have to get to, is the formation of the Pitbulls. And then what then led to the creation of the heavy hitters. Sife, don't mm-hmm. tighten up. Sife, don't get tight. Don't let your pit bull, don't let your pit bull energy get weird. I should have brought my 5X leather jacket. My pit bull <laughs> leather jacket. 
we talked about it briefly, and I started one by one hearing new members getting down with the big dog pit bulls. Okay, and this was coming out of the Flip Squad. Like, so Flip Squad's done at this point. Like, Flip Squad's done at this okay. point. You know, we just dropped the album, and then after the album was done. I remember that specifically because I know I left the, the Flip crew. Squad album. Yeah, remember the Flip Squad All Star? I forgot about Flip that. Flip Squad album. We put an album. I forgot about that. Was, um, what was the big single? It was no big single. <laughs> what was the attempt at a big single? It was a, it was Mark Ronson, I think. Maybe. Mark Ronson was was Maybe. in the flip squad for yeah, a minute. No, he said that. Last week. Yeah. You know who we forgot about mentioning? Oh, we no. forgot Mr. C. In the first part, we did not mention Mr. That's... C as part of the flip well, squad DJ. Well, I gotta tell you something. So you I, two I apologize, are apologize, Mr. C. I always picture C as in coming into the pit bulls. Yeah, but he I was, forgot he was, he was with he was, us. He was a squad DJ too. Um, there we go. Fall flex. Was this on the album? This is a couple years before. But it's the beginning. This is nervous, but it was Flip Squad. It was Funkmaster Flex presents the Flip Squad. That was his early. It said Flip Flip Squad squad on there? I believe it, yeah. No, that. They they might have took that record and licensed it and put it on there. That was the original record didn't say Flip Squad. The nervous records? Yeah. I don't think it's said Flip Squad. I think it did. I had it. Where's pull it up? I don't remember that. We got the Google. So what was on the Flip Squad album? Um Trash. <laughs> oh, but that's what, what I meant fuck? True Life. Because True Life was was down with Mark Ronson, the and, ghetto um the ghetto uh the ghetto inmates. Ghetto inmates, you just ghetto inmates. We could call Mark right now, you know, Jay. Ghetto life. He'd be like, Well, you know, when we did that <laughs> flip squad album. It was the beginning of me getting some equipment, you know? <laughs> Yo, I did the real version, which yeah, is there's a I touch of it. Full. I like that you went full Well, it depends where he is. When it's me, here. Mark Ronson, yeah. <laughs> I'm here with me mates, DJ Enough and Cypher Sounds, yeah? Yo, um, sidebar, Mark Ronson's series about sound, like the studios and how the sound, oh my God, I think it's on, is it on Apple or Amazon? Phenomenal, bro. Really? Yo, yeah, yeah. Like I watch, I watch shit. I watch the, I watch like two episodes. It's pretty good. Gotta great. watch it. He talks about premiere and fuck. I watched the premiere one. It's fire. Anyway. I'm okay, sorry. so, so, so Flip Squad ends. A flex starts. I'm trying to avoid this conversation. I know exactly. Flex starts the pit bulls, and you start hearing one name. He's he's Cypher Sounds going to be in there. I made up the names. You came up with the name. Cypher's already on. I invented Big Dog Pitbulls. I think Riz is on, right? No, no, he didn't make it. No, I forgot who this the original Big Dog Pitbulls. Me, Big Cat, right? You guys were one and two, the first two draft picks, probably. Oh, I was no, I was third on the call sheet, baby. Okay. Funkmaster Flex. Listen to Annie Up album version. Yeah. Funkmaster Flex. Big right Cap. Cypher Sounds. Yeah. I'm third roster. I yeah. mean, third. Uh, what's that in basketball? I'm the point guard. Where am I? Whatever. You're, you're the you're small there. forward. <laughs> um, so, so that happens, and then one day at the station, I approach Flex. I'm like, Yo, what's happening with this big doll pit bulls? I'm waiting for my invitation. Mm. And he's like, Well, I don't know enough, you know, to be honest with you. The Flip Squad thing was more of a Jessica thing, and I needed something to be my thing. You know, my guys, my whatever, whatever. So I was like, all right. You know how bummed I was, bro? I can tell by your I face was, right now that you were very bummed. I was so nah, fucking Nah, it couldn't bummed. be, though. Yo, I was bummed, bro. But how could you have done it? You, you couldn't mean? have done it. Why? You're going to be what? 
Number two? Number three? I don't know. I was just Oh, happy. you mean he was too big? I was just, He was too big. Yeah, but I didn't see that. Remember? Right. I oh, right. Side, but you saw it, but I didn't see that. I'm just happy to be down with you guys on the radio. Wow. I'm wow. like, what the fuck? I'm not okay. part of the cool kids. That's so I remember. Program. I can't I, have ham and cheese sandwiches with you guys. We're skipping over a part. <laughs> because the reason why Flip Squad disbanded is because Flip Squad was all managed by Jessica. And when Flex and Jessica had a split, right. they couldn't keep the Flip Squad. He had to right. differentiate the groups or whatever. We were in Flex in, this, in the High 97 studio and Tracy comes in and she's like, I got to talk to you guys, meaning him. I'm just there. I'm the intern. I'm probably ordering sandwiches. And she was like, I'm thinking about getting this guy DJ enough. He's Biggie's DJ. Right. Right. And I saw Flex have a moment. All I can assume is when Flex left being under Red's camp or whatever on, on Kiss and started doing his own thing at Hot, Enough took his slot. And then me and Flex had tension for many years. So Flex so is now moving here comes, up. So now here comes Flex is moving up, and enough is always one step behind. But <laughs> right. now Flex's boss, who's like this with Flex, is saying, "Hey, I'm going to bring a guy in that's going to be uh, on the prime time slot. Like you're the night prime time. He'll be the morning or what was the, what the original time? morning at that time. Yeah, morning come the." So that's like even more listeners. Morning gets the most listeners. So f- I can see Flex calculate. I don't. He never said any of this, but I could just see his calculations. Like he was under me. Now he's. Mm. You know what I mean? And so you think that's part? You think the reason that he didn't get the nod is that it wouldn't have made sense for Flex in his eyes to be like, "Hey, you want to be Who, under what be I'm co-president? Do- you gonna be co-president of of the Pitbulls? No, I get it. But now it, you get it. Now I get now it. Now you're, a, yeah. you know what I mean? Like back then it's probably like. By the way, there's no way at the time anyone would get. It was actually kind of out of respect that he's like, A, respect and a healthy dose of competitiveness of like, I don't not, I'm not sharing this slot with you and I can't try to sun you and make you under me either. Right. So I'm just going to leave you but out. I can't sun you because you've moved up in the <laughs> ranks. My boss loves you. So how can I son you? Because that's going to put me in a bad position with my boss. Flex is always fucking. No, what this is. uh, What's that shit? He's abacus, man. Flex Flex is like fucking. uh, What's his face? His character in House of Cards. Oh, um, his side, his, his yeah. right hand man, he's Ro- the, Roger or Ron or something. Right, something he's like the that. dude who's just always thinking about the moves three or four steps down the road. It's, it's something I'm not um, very good at. So you were bummed out by this, though. Super bummed out. Damn. Did you tell him? Did you say anything? Or you just like, I, no, I was like, fuck. And I, I just left. Wait, why'd you have the tension with him all those years, you said? Because I think we both come under Red Alert. And it was like, who's going to represent Red Alert the best and better? And who's more proud of... You know, the red alertness. Yeah, yeah man. That was and it. Like, was it like so, club? Like, did it you was clubs. It was club. radio, everything. And it was actually it was radio first because really? when I was on Kiss, on Kiss, remember, I was on at 10 p.m. And then Flex was on at 10 p.m. Oh, like if Red was out of town. Yeah. So no, no, no. At this time, I have my own show now. Oh. You know, so now I'm DJ enough. I got my own show. I'm on right. 10 p.m. You're on against I'm him. on Wednesdays. Oh, is- He's on the same time. Yeah. So you know how it is naturally. Just yeah. it's competitive. So. I didn't hear it until years later, but Flex would be like, yo, when you was playing them breakbeats, you got me with this one, you got me with that yeah, one. Yeah. He wouldn't give it up until years later. Right. He was he had a great time just being competitive. We're on the radio, but we're also monitoring what the other stations are doing. Bro, he had a he a, had a plan. A that, little, that, that he was, had a boombox. I know. Yeah. But that was in his, the studio. That was his thing. 
like you had to listen to what the what other competition was playing. So right. that way, either we're early or late or they're going to commercials or whatever, whatever it was. It right. Was, they're going was, soft. Let's go hard. Yeah, exactly. When you go to commercials, we play the biggest hit. Yeah, whatever. To try to keep them. That was his thing. But he says that you was just always so competitive and he just enjoyed the competitiveness. But I think it was the industry too, talking crap, you mm-hmm. know, flex is this, enough is that. Yep. So after a while, you're rolling with that so much, you really believe like, this guy don't fuck with me. So now we got beef, kind of. Like, right. I, I thought we were going to fight one time. You did? Yeah. At, like uh, Angie and Wendy? Yeah, almost like that. <laughs> but not at the station. It was one time, um, um, I'm a Thais Harris at Columbia. Yep. She used to work at Columbia. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to, like, be the middle person. It was like, you know, you and Flex got to work it out. Yeah. This tension between y'all is stupid. And I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> but it was tough. So then I vent, and I'm cursing one day, and DJ Threat is my cypher sounds now at the time. Okay. Okay. DJ Threat. DJ Threat is from Long Island, half Dominican, half Irish. Threat was my threat. Yeah. Yeah. So Threat. Threat was your threat? Bro. That was the guy, right? Yo, right. Threat. I used like, Threat came in on the enough and like, that's like. I'm, so he was your equivalent. And I was like, damn, this guy's nice, man. Yeah, he was good. nice. But uh, how, did, how did Threat die? Uh, motorcycle accident. Oh, motorcycle accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he was on a motorcycle oh, going to the store to buy his mama Mother's Day card. Oh. And the eldest uh, elder gentleman cut him off or something and died. This turned into a reflection. Well, here we I go. hate this. Th- this taught me a lesson about life because I used to be jealous of threat. Why? Because he was, was your... He you? was you? He was me in a way, but like he... It's not true because I was getting a lot of stuff. But I always, you know, that's when I used to look at other people and get jealous. He was getting more stuff than me. Oh. He was doing more clubs than me. Yeah. He was popping. And then he and then he got killed and he died. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I had bad feelings. So, I mean, we were always cool. Of course. But like, I don't know if it's like competition or whatever. And I remember when he when he died, I was like, oh, no, like. I had a negative feeling towards a person. He's no longer here. And that's, I don't do that anymore, bro. I always think of like, I literally say this and this is dark. I say, I'm about to beef with somebody. I go, what if that person dies tomorrow? That, that, that's not dark. That's fucking, that's, that's actually in, in my, in my therapy through my, uh, all of my uh, divorce. I, I was divorced. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I was. Uh, it, by the way, divorce is my little Kim thing, by the way. <laughs> so let it, I, I in, in, let it go, Rose. Okay. So it, through my therapy, through my therapy and that, though, one thing that came along was praying for my therapist telling me to pray for the people that I had problems with. Wait, are you in a religious therapist? Um, no, but he is a religious guy. Uh, so he's, he's a Catholic. Right. Uh, he's a pretty religious Catholic guy. But we don't do like religious shit. But prayer is the thing that comes up. So like prayer as a tool for, right. for yeah, your health. Yeah, right. So he'll be like, literally, I, I was having a problem. I don't know, an industry problem. Yeah. Like it was like a work thing. It was like fucking Charlemagne or someone. I don't yeah. know who it was. And he was like, have you tried praying for him? And I was like, pray for his downfall. Absolutely. I was like, yeah, of course I do. You ever heard the song by Biggie? <laughs> um, no. So, but I, I tried it. It actually is a very useful tool. So what you're doing is basically that Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're thinking instead of thinking about this beef, you're thinking about their humanity. Yeah. Like, wait a second. Yeah. And the truth is with most of the people that we don't fuck with, and that wasn't even someone you didn't fuck with. That was just someone you felt a little jealousy towards, jealous, yeah. which in the social media era is everywhere. Oh my God. Like I could feel it toward, there are people who I love and who are lower on the totem pole than me. 
and I still get yeah. jealous of them yeah, because bad. of the way social media makes you feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's fucking wild. So the crazy thing about Threat, if you guys didn't know, Threat was, was working alongside J.D. Kiss and the Rough Riders. And then that Monday, he, got, he died on Mother's Day on a Sunday. That Monday, he was supposed to report to work at Atlantic Records. Mm. And the job that Rick Betterman ended up getting was the job Shh. that Threat was supposed to have. Wow. wow. And he was under Crystal Isaacs. Remember Crystal yeah, Isaacs? I remember Crystal yeah. yeah. So that was his job. Damn. Anyway, I remember he, hearing. I mean, he got I, to live. He, his, he got to his, He got to live his dream. You know, he was on part of the Saturday Night Crew. That yeah. twelve to four slot. They would yep. rotate them. Rotate DJs. You know, yep. Whatever. So he got to do that with Green Lantern, K Slay. Yeah. And I'm missing one more DJ. Might have been Camillo. I think all four of them or something like that. Were Maybe rotating. Ben, Big Ben, yeah, something like that. But they were rotating the guys on the weekend. So he was happy to live his dream, and he got to do his thing, and and that was that. Uh, so I told him, and I vented. I said, you know what? So he was like. Man, fuck Flex. Let's start our own shit. I'm like, yeah, what are we going to do? He was like, yo, you the heavy hitter DJ enough, right? So we going to start wow. a crew called the heavy hitters. That's crazy. And I'm like, I said, who are we going to put down? Well, you were already calling yourself the heavy hitter? Yeah. Okay. Who came up with that? Me. Just you? Okay. Because I did a mixtape called the heavyweight champion of sound. But I, I couldn't call myself the heavyweight champion of sound all no, the time. No, it doesn't, it doesn't play. It doesn't, doesn't play well in the long term. It doesn't play well. So yeah. I just kept with the heavy hitter. And that was the vibe. I'm having this conversation with DJ Threat in the street around 30-something street, right? Matter, matter of fact, right around here, but probably on the east side. Okay. And then, like, who are we going to put down? And then walking around the corner is this young Colombian Queens DJ named DJ Camillo. Was he already hot out here? He was already kind of moving. You know, okay. he was doing, like, Casablanca and Queens and- Oh, he's local, though. Yeah, he's, yeah doing a he bunch of spots. DJ with a beat nuts. Yeah. Oh, he did? But he wasn't yet the international club king. Not yet. Okay. We're years, we're years away from the international <laughs> yeah, club king. was the first one to take me to Germany. I love that. Wow. With Sia? Sia, yeah. All right, see? Sia, yep. I hated him back then. Why? He played me, Sia. <laughs> oh, we'll get into that. We'll get into it later. That's a fun, it's fun joke. Now I don't care. It's all love. But anyway, so this young kid, Camillo, yo, we start this DJ crew. You want to be down with us? And then Camillo goes, sure, why not? <laughs> but it's just, it's just like, that's it. Yeah. So then me, Camillo, DJ Threat, the foundation now. Mm -hmm. So then in our head, we're like, what is going to make a heavy hitter? What do we need from a disc jockey for them to be considered a heavy hitter? Mm -hmm. So we, we went to our banks and we're thinking like, they got to either be a producer, a big dude in the club, a mixtape king of some sort. Mm -hmm. They got to do something or they got to DJ for an incredible rap group or like right. band or artist or something. Those were kind of like the credentials needed to be down with. I respect group. it. That's how, how we, we did it all the way into the last couple of years. And we kind of shied away from that because things have changed. Nobody <laughs> makes mixtapes no more. Right. You had to change the yeah, standards now. you had to change the standards. Um, who? It's like the, those biker gangs that now kind of let Mexicans and blacks in. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, how did, uh, how, how long into the process did the heavy, heavy hitter sucker drop come to be? Well, that's Camillo's wife. That's Camillo's wife. Oh, so Camillo's so wife Chef was T. the first one. Well, she, she made that for him. She made it for him. And it became, I heard it. Yeah. And I stole it. Yeah. And then since I'm on every day in the primetime <laughs> slots, it became famous. And then what I told every DJ was, I said, you know what? Everybody wears colors. Everybody wears jackets. Everybody wears T-shirts. I don't give a fuck. Grab this sound bite and play it. Yeah. And everybody will know who we are. And you fucking nailed it. And to be honest yeah. with you, I got that from DJ Clue. Because remember, right. Clue's doing mixtapes, and all he did was Clue, yeah. Clue. 
And I heard that damn clue everywhere, echo everywhere. Everywhere. So I was like, yeah, and that. it's dope. It plays cool too because like I could be listening to Shade Forty Five or I could be in LA listening to the radio. And when you hear the heavy yeah. hitters sucker drop, cool. you're like, oh, this person's official. Yeah, it really cool. works. Cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fucking great. Yeah. It's crazy because like Flex had the bomb right. that everyone knows, mm-hmm. but it was only his, right? And it didn't say anything. Flex never made a true big dog pit bull drop. No, because. The fuck are we? Right. <laughs> he had he had Funkmaster Flex Night, which was huge. Obviously, that was, that was the sound. Of bro, um, I saw that live, bro. You watched it happen. Was Rosie, Rosie, Rosie Perez, David Letterman, David Letterman yeah. Rosie, and I remember she. I I mean, I used to I used to love like David Letterman. I would stay up late and I saw her say that live. I didn't know Flex at the time, but I was just like, oh, that's cr-. I knew from the radio. And I'm like, that's crazy. She just gave this guy Hard to get a, shot. a ticket. Hard to get a ticket for Funkmaster <laughs> Flex Night. I was going to the Palladium on Funkmaster Flex Night. You know that night? Oh, yeah. 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 So, well, Master Flex Night. Oh, yeah, it's cool. Hard to get a ticket for Funkmaster yeah. Flex Night. <laughs> By the way, do you hear, though, that when she says it, the crowd there reacts? Yes. Wait, listen to the beginning. The crowd, it's, it's Letterman's in New York. Yeah. There's a response when she says it. I was going to the Palladium on Funkmaster Flex Night. You know that night? No, that's yeah. somebody, yeah. Laughing. Oh, somebody laughing. You think so? They don't know that. There's a tourist in there. No, sorry. They I, are I hope laughing. That at, one person was in there. They're laughing at what the fuck is she saying? What is a funk master flex? A funk master flex night. <laughs> Yo, he flipped that so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Mercado. No, he did. Shout out to Chris Mercado. It was Chris Mercado who did it? You know, remember him? He used to work at the station. Yeah, yeah. He the, did that. He did imaging, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to wonder, I'd hear, I'd go, how the fuck did flex? How did this guy get a drop from David Letterman? That's and now you know. All right, so the heavy hitter sucker drops, pops off. Mm-hmm. You guys start building your. We start you, building our army. And the 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 no who are the so the early ones are you threat Camillo. Who was next in that we would know? Probably like uh, DP one. Okay. DP one. DJ Lobo was my first like real Hispanic disc jockey. Okay. Like, because I was doing a very famous club in the Bronx called Jimmy's Bronx Cafe. Of course. And at that party is where everything happened. You know, a lot of things happened. We've heard the stories. Okay. Many, many stories. But So he was there. Then a guy named Precise. And then the list goes on. Then DJ Ramo. And then there was uh, Big Ben, Cass One, L Boogs. See, now, so now it's it like, turns. so it's like, wow, it's, it's a lot happening. But you know what? It was crazy. Then I got, in the very beginning, I got a lot of flack from the industry. You got nothing but Spanish DJs. I said, bro, at the time... When I was doing this, the Spanish clubs were the hottest clubs in the city. Right. And, and this is no disrespect to nobody. It mm-hmm. had nothing to do with me picking black, white, Spanish. It's just who I felt who moved the, the, the rooms the best. Mm-hmm. And remember the accolades we talked about? They mm-hmm. needed to be who. But there was nothing what? about Latin pride or anything, even a piece of it? A little bit, of course. Little, but, but, it's, but, but, but that's it just a, felt good. That's like, a New York thing, though. Of it's course. Like, it's, it's not, we're not separated. No. But yeah, but there is a cool little vibe of like, mm-hmm. it was a lot of Spanish DJs, but yeah, they were Spanish clubs at that time. Oh, so, uh, sorry. Was, was Rock Raider a heavy hitter? Yes. See, Rock Raider, I met through Sean C and Fat Fingers, right? He, all he came to me was, and said was, I need a little bit of help, bro. I said, what's up? He goes, I'm this world famous DJ. You know that, blah, 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 blah. But nobody wanted to book him. To do a party. Parties. And he could do that too. And he could do that. Right. He was amazing. Right. But 
They, 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 they were just thinking of the scratching. They labeled him a technical disc jockey uh, nerd. Turntablist. Turntablist, yeah. and that's it. My plan was to slowly work him in the club circuit and then maybe get him on the radio a few times and show the world that he can DJ and party rock just like we could. Yeah, like he's from the place where all the party so rock was. DJs are from. Right, he was just he so just, nice And I thought like, real, he went technical first. And so real that, talk, I thought he was bugging trying to be down with the heavy hitters i'm like yo do you understand who you are and who you just like nah, i get it though you're part of the executioners bro. Right, bro. you're <laughs> bugging but he really wanted that and then the last conversation i had with him i saw him he was djing for buster and i saw him at a concert somewhere upstate maybe albany or chicago somewhere i'm sorry my, my brain's losing it and then he passed away so it didn't even it didn't even last that it long. It didn't get to happen. No, it didn't even really. So he's a, he is a member, and you guys put him on the jackets and stuff, and yes, you honor 100%, 100%. him, hundred percent. But he it never really it didn't really resonate the way we wanted it to. He's one of the greatest of all time, hundred percent. Who do you think is the, the just quick aside? Who do you think is the greatest technical DJ of all time? Like someone who you just go, oh my god. What do you mean, like cuts? Overall, they like blow your mind the most as a DJ. How can I, you? There's so many. I know. I would still say Jazzy Jeff to me. That's it, but that, you know why? Because Jazzy has Jazzy has that. He has mm-hmm. the technical side of it. He has the party rocking side of it, and he gets the music. So to me, probably hands when, down. When, Jazzy. When, I say Jazzy Jeff too. When random people say, "Oh, you can't scratch in a club. Girls don't like that. You can't dance to that." Then you go see Jazzy Jeff, <laughs> and then and everything scratches. changes. Everything changes. But the thing is, he scratches with melody. Of course. It's part of the rhythm. Like, yeah, nobody wants to see you doing fucking... Well, maybe if you do it right, but some people scratch like it's too aggressive. Jazzy Jeff puts the fucking groove in it. Yeah. He's, you know he's, what I mean? He scratches in pocket. My, my dream... Pocket. I'm going to say this to the camera. My dream scenario is that the next person to sit in the seat that DJ Enough is in is Jazzy Jeff. He's been on, like, my list forever well, for us to need, get. There's other local people we can get. Don't... Well, I'm not trying to distill it. So what do you, yeah, it's only two hours I, away. What do you mean next? I want him immediately. Well, you got to get on your booking shit then. I know, I know. I, I, I hit up Jazzy Jeff the other day because I showed Natalie the summertime video for the first time. And I was like, yo, do you still have any of those starter jerseys from back in the day? <laughs> he was like, bro, you have no idea how many I had of them. Oh, my God. And they're all gone. I was oh, like. Oh, man, that's sucks. Yeah, but I'm with you. I agree, Jeff. All right, so Heavy Hitters pops off. And at what point does um, a young Mr. West, Kanye West, want to get down with the Heavy Hitters? How did that all come to be? Okay, so at this time, my management office is located on 38th Street. Okay, 30th and what? Between 8th and 9th. Who's okay. it? Who's your manager? Renee McLean. Okay, that's what I thought. It's, it's RPM, him and Lilette Pizarro. They're, you know, I don't know if they're boyfriend and girlfriend or husband and wife at the time, but he's the creator of the Mix Show Power Summit, which is one of those big conventions. That Puerto actually, Rico with yeah. the DJs. Yeah. Puerto Rico. With the, let me just put it this way. I'll sum it up like this. A lot of promo 12 inches and a lot of DJs getting their dick sucked. Wait, oh, that's, I was talking about the line from the Jay-Z and Kanye Oh, no, no, I, I know you were. I know you were. I'm just saying, I'm just talking about conferences in general. But yeah, okay. so Ye was around all that, the conferences, and the, and then one day. Just trying to get his records like out there? No, not, not oh, no, beats. This is early. Just he was, around. He was just making beats. He's the producer. He can rap, but no one's heard his raps yet. So I'm tight with Talib and Most Def at this time. This is around the time Fat Beats was still rocking. And I remember specifically having an argument with the fans of Fat Beats. I was so mad because, and Talib went, called me to check up on me because I had his back. Because I'm the new DJ getting ready to get hired on Hot 97, right? They dropped this Black Star project. So I can't wait to play it on Hot 97. But everybody in the store is like, nah, fuck Hot 97. We don't want to hear yeah. Black Star on Hot 97. 
And this is a true thing. The same shit happened to me. This yeah. is around the OK Player okay era. OK Player, yeah, yeah. Okay, this the beginning of the internet era, really. 100%. Yeah. So I'm arguing with all these people and fat beats like, fuck y'all. These are your artists right here that you fucking love. And if I go on the radio and play them and support them, them you're not going to fucking fuck with them? Yeah. You guys, are, this is bullshit. I never went back into Fat Beats again. After. Wow. I was so mad. I believe you. I was so you. fucking mad. <laughs> That's crazy because I would have thought that someone like one of you guys walking into Fat Beats, people would be excited to see you there. Like, oh, you're here to buy goods. You're going to support no, man. good shit. No, no we actually, me and Scythe come from that. I know. Yeah. We actually come from that. We were playing like Necro Flow. I met and Camillo in Fat Beats. And Fat Beats. That was the thing. That's how I know Camillo. When Bro, I was Fat Beats was located on 8th Street by, but then by Grace Papaya. No, I was there. I, that was there. So that was where we went. We went there. You know, I mean, besides Rock and Soul. And I, let me tell you. Spots, but I love Rock and Soul. Let me tell you that, by the way, as an out of towner going to Fat Beats. Yeah. Because, you know, my parents, oh, would, yeah, my yeah. parents were taking me. The level I of dickheadedness. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's like a, it's Bro. like a fucking parody of, yeah. of the movie, uh, of the fucking QSA of High Fidelity. <laughs> I mean, Got you ask, hey, what's, where's the new J Live record? <laughs> it's over there, dipshit. Yeah, shut it's the, like, fuck, shut the up. fuck up. No, we sold out of the J Live record, you fucking moron. We don't even have no more. And they're not, they're not coming in for a while. Yeah, they're not coming in. Good luck. And I'm like, no, I just see one right here. They're like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely right. So that's the tension I was dealing with supporting I prefer Discorama where you didn't have to talk to, to anyone support Blackstar right okay and then this is the time I'm still taking the train to and from the station uh, me and fucking Most Def or Yasin Bey now used to take the train to Brooklyn Crazy. so a couple of years later maybe two or three years later Tyler was like yo I want to introduce you to Kanye I'm like who else Kanye producer dude I'm like alright cool what's up with him oh, he's trying to get his shit on we helping him with his raps and stuff I'm like alright cool so what I didn't realize was that He's recording College Dropout down the block from the RPM offices. Okay. Because they're both located on 38th Street. All right. So he would probably just do his recording and then come to the office and nag me. And the nagging was always, yo, I know you got this heavy hitter thing. I want to be down. I'm like, we don't have artists down. Yeah, this is yeah, a yeah. DJ crew, bro. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. in my mind, like, you don't fit. This is not what we're doing. <laughs> By the way, I'm noticing a problem with DJ Enough's uh, the way of thinking in general. What? You short sell yourself on everything. You're like, yeah. no, why would you want to be down with us? <laughs> yeah. Instead of thinking, but no, no, at the time there wasn't because a Because I'm humble, bro. This no, is you're humble, humble and also humble he, beginning. And also he's and also it was the beginning for him. You didn't you I know didn't, I had no idea who the hell know the fuck. I, those guys from, from I wouldn't have wanted to put a random artist in my fucking DJ right. crew either. No, I get it. And I like Tyler, but I'm you know, like you guys are underground, you guys aren't even seeing what's happening with my space and And they're not even asking like, to be in your crew. No, so no. why would that's why it was weird to me. Right. That is, by the way, it, let's just be honest. It is weird. If I was going to put a rapper artist down, I already know most of Kuali. They'd have to go before you. Right. Because I met them through, I met right. you through them. But right. I just think it's important that we, there's so much conversation about Kanye these days. And a lot of people say like, what happened? And obviously talking about the political and all that crazy shit is different. But in terms of the behavioral weirdness. He changed twice for me. But this was, but just to be point out, even from the very beginning, this behavior is a little weird. Like that yeah, is a yeah, very yeah, forward is. way to be. 100%. I want to be in your DJ crew. It's like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? All right. So, and so maybe, and maybe he understood what that meant. Maybe he didn't, whatever. Maybe he was smart, whatever. But it's all that, but that was happening okay. all the time. All the time. And then, I mean, he would just be in, go no, down to all, your office all the time. Renee was like, yo, what's this dude's always coming to the office, man. All the time looking <laughs> well, for you. I mean, what's, what's, all what's the DJs. This, what's problem, bro? All the hot DJs are next door. Why wouldn't right. I go down there? I know, man. It was just, <laughs> it was just nuts. And then when I think about it today, 
I had Common, Most Def, Tyler Quali, and Kanye West knocking on my fucking management's door every day. And I don't know why every day. So it was years later that I put it together because I did a party recently at this studio location and that, and the owner of the location on the studio was like, this is where Kanye did his first album. I said, this is where he did it? So I'm like, oh shit. So I go to the studio, check it out. I'm, look, I'm like, look, look where it's located. It's down the block from the office. So now I get it. He reported to work to record his album, but he was just trying to figure out a way to get it heard and get it supported. And do you look back now and think like what you could have done uh, considering yeah. everyone was banging yeah, down I could, the door? I could, have been, I could have been G and Hop, could have signed him, could have managed him, could have fucking did all that. But I didn't have my business together back then. And I was still trying to be DJ enough. And that would have been a, a, a lot also. Mm-hmm, 100%. Um, now, so so what happens? So he just keeps nagging and you're like, no, um, I'm good. Um, then one day... He says, look, do me a favor, man. Just help me with this thing. I'm trying to go into a different space. He gives me a snippet of his album. And he's like, let's put it out as a mixtape. Put your logo on it. Let's put it out on a mixtape. I think uh, it's to get home. The whole album? No, yeah. song. But it's like snippets. Okay. He, 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 he put together a mixtape for himself. Right. And he wanted me to help him distribute it. Got put it. it out. So shout to AG. AG that rolls with Trey Songs. I don't know if you remember him. Well, anyway, AG literally went to physically all the stores in Harlem, Brooklyn, Queens, and put out the Kanye West mixtape. So what was it? What was it called? College dropout mix? Like no, it was called uh, Get Well. Remember, he got in the car accident, so it was the Get Well. Get Well soon. Soon mixtape. That's it. Let's hear what the beginning sounds like. We want to send a get well shout out to music producer Kanye West. He's doing fine, but he was in a car accident last week. So we just want to send him our best from over here. That's to free for one of the parts. And keeps doing those hot beats that yeah. he does. He does. He does. Alright! In case y'all don't know, Guys, so funny. A lot of love. Well, because that crowd was so into Talib that he could tell them this guy's good and you're going to pay attention. It's just crazy why they have like beef now. He's already. <laughs> this is the very late. No, no, this is the early. This is the early uh, millennial. Early millennial. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's just. It says he was already paired up with the Rockefeller guys, but he was doing all the production for them. But I don't think nobody took him seriously no, as a rapper. They didn't. So that's which what he is, was. Which is. Which is understand. I get it. I get it too, but I also hate that we do that because it's the same thing about Rock Raider. No, no, same thing. Because you came out as a battle DJ execution of turntableist first, or is where you got your first shine from, that's all you could be. Right. So we think Kanye can only be a producer because that's how it started. Right. Wait, but hold on. But you're you're also pointing out that you were one of those people, right? You said I that. absolutely was. Because I mean, you shit on Kanye. I, no, no, I didn't shit. I mean, he, you know, Kanye begged to get on sound bombing he and Cypher. Yeah. He said, "I'll give you a acapella verse." Cypher like, "We good, ah. man." Okay, let me ask you a question. As a as a DJ, yes, sir. Sound bombing 
is an album on Raucous, right? right? But it's like a it's like an one, album, but it's a mixtape. Three. three. Right. Me and Mr. Chalk mm-hmm. from LA. All the songs were produced already. They were pressed up on vinyl. So we could actually mix the album on vinyl, right? He comes to the studio on like the last day and was like, yo, can I get on this? I was like, we're done. We're literally mixing it. He goes, I'll rhyme acapella in the beginning. And I go, I don't know how that would fit. Now I'm like, I wish I would have got him to rhyme acapella <laughs> on the beginning. I know, man. So we continue on. So you guys do the mixtape oh, together. Can I just give you some advice. Yeah. Whoever comes into your studio saying they want to rhyme, let them rhyme. That's it. Maybe record you know, you record it. Record them. Because no, at least I would have had it. At least I would have had it recorded. Wait, do we have to follow this advice? Like, if you and I go out to uh, the 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 concert in a couple of months, Rolling Loud, yeah, and someone wants to rap for us backstage, yes, we we should listen. What are we What are we doing? Ugh. Last time I was so mad. We were with Natalie at the last concert. The guy was like, let me rap for you. And I was like, uh, and Natalie's like, no, babe, go ahead. I'll film. I was like, oh. You love that, huh? Uh, <laughs> she was like, kick something. This would be great. Dope. All right. So, so he was, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't terrible. Then he got very drunk. He took his shirt off. It was a long day. He was there for a long time. That's the problem. So, um, so you put out the get well soon. How well received is that first mixtape? Like, I don't know it very well. Horrible. It wasn't. It, people, no, no. But I'm, let me explain something. Horrible. Nobody wanted it. I even had people wanted to return it. And then, maybe about a month later, I started getting phone calls from all the stores. Yo, you got any more of that Kanye West? We need it. It's really? Selling out. It's going. It's Why going. they calling you? Because you because you presented because it. Because we presented it. Me and AG were the ones who was literally. It DJ enough presents? No, no. Was your it name was, on it? No, my name wasn't on it. I was just physically helping him get it. You didn't even put the logo on it? No, no, I don't think I did, no. The heavy hitter logo's not on it? No. Mm-mm. Oh, I thought Not until the album. Not until oh. the album. GLC was one of the guys who kind of like, maybe, maybe, what's that? It's the picture of the cover. Yeah, that's it. And it doesn't have the logo. It has no. Kanye's old logo right. with the rock with logo. The rock logo. And mm. Get Well Soon and him holding his rock chain in his right. hand, wearing the most early 2000s of jeans. Yeah, those jeans are coming back though. But, yeah. then, but then he makes a song called Heavy Hitters for Life. And I'm like, wait, he made Heavy Hitters for Life before he was a heavy hitter? Yes. That's the crazy part. <laughs> So then, G- then GLC comes in and presents it. GLC is the other rapper yeah. on the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's from Chicago. It's his yep. homeboy he grew up with. And GL, I don't know, talking to GL, GL had more of street cred to me. Like, he was just like the dude. Like, you could tell. You could tell. the yeah. street, right? So I'm listening to him like, okay, okay. And, you know, I'm not a tough guy, you know, but this guy's really aggressive. And it's like, we could be do this and we could do this. He was making a compelling case. 100%. Okay. And I hear the record. I'm like, oh, that's dope. So I'm kind of like feeling a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, this could be something. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do it. Whatever. And I kind of left it at that. Wasn't really expecting much. And then one of the studio sessions on a playback, this is when like people would present their album. Mm. And it was like, it was one of the moments where like Kevin Lyles was there, Michael Kaiser, the industry was there for the first time, but it was big. It was, it felt good to me. And I was invited to listen to the project. To Kanye's album? Yeah, Kanye's mm-hmm. album. I'm sorry, I'm saying this out of order. But the first the first gathering was at 4040 for the drop of in the wire. The wire. Through the, uh, wire. Through the, wire. Through the wire. It was okay. a video, whatever. And in, in the documentary, they show that I'm there, but you don't see me. But okay. I'm there. I'm there in, in the space. I'm oh, you got that. cut out of the documentary? I got cut out Who the else document- happened did that happen to? <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> me. I, what part know. for you? The part in front of Raucous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got sliced. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> but anyway, so that happened. And um, 
I didn't really pay it too much mind, but when the mixtape started buzzing, I was like, yo, this could be a thing. And then I was his direct go-to to the radio. And this guy started feeding me everything and feeding me and feeding his me. His records or like his other, records, everything, produced. everything. Remember, I'm the new guy at the station, but right. I'm getting all the heat. Oh, yeah. So Kanye crazy. starts being your link to getting this new hot shit. As he's blowing up, it's making you look great. Amazing. Timing is everything. Amazing. I'm looking like the kid. And I'm playing like the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. Oh, and those are two those, words. Those, two words. Those are ill records. And yeah, before yeah. they came, before they come out, and I'm like, woo! Get them high. Yeah, all that. All that. All that before everybody. And so so at this so at this point, you now like fully realize how good he is. Like, yeah. You're like, this guy's actually yeah. really no, he's dope. But I'm just so happy in the moment. I'm not securing my bag with the management and the, I could do this for you and have this hit. My lawyer sent to sign this. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just happy. So how does the logo get on the album then without there being any like real business? G and Hop were part of his management mm-hmm. and then Plain Pat were always trying to show love. You know what I'm saying? Until they were like, look, man, they knew how much I meant to their project. They didn't ask for clearance or anything. I just saw it. I was like, Wow. Now I'm even hotter. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So I guess it's hard. In my mind, I'm like, I'm hotter again. Who did the heavy hitter logo? Uh, this kid named Joe Buck. The heavy hitter logo is Joe Buck phenomenal. It's Joe Buck, great Joe logo. Buck did De La Souls, Chiali, a few wow. others. Joe Buck used to work at Cornerstone. Really? Rob, is it Rob? Stone? Rob, yeah, Rob Stone. Stone. Rob Stone. Stone's company, Cornerstone. Yes. Yeah, That's the heavy hitter him. logo is iconic. So, is he still around, Joe Buck? Um, he's around, but he's not working in that space anymore. Well, man, he's got something because you're right. That logo with That's the baseball bat. Tough, and, uh, right? It's like a, I don't know what you call that art. Like, it's like a certain style with the right. straight lines. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like a name for that. My vision for heavy hitters at, at that time was. Is, it, is, he, is he really named Joe Buckingham? Yes, that's him. I found yep. him. Anyway, <laughs> I found my him. vision <laughs> for the heavy hitters logo was never completed. It was supposed to be. The greats in sports, right? So it was Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. Babe Ruth, people like that. Yeah. And that, to me, those were the original heavy hitters, right? Right. So I said, yo, just do that. I said, make a logo after Babe Ruth. And when you're done with that, let's get to Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali. So that's supposed to be Babe Ruth, the heavy hitter logo? Well, not Babe Ruth, but, but like that's kind yeah, of like, like the, you know, the, essence. the essence of the heavy hitter. Because after a while, it was like, people thought we were all Latin baseball, baseball. players. <laughs> I'm like, all these Spanish guys playing baseball. <laughs> oh, you guys play baseball? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> so I was trying to finish it to, to complete team. the thing. It's Corona Queen. Yeah. Corona Queen <laughs> softball team, the heavy hitters. <laughs> That's what they all thought we were. I got Lobo, I got Camelo, DJ Threat, me, L Books, Cast One. Dominicans, Colombians, Puerto Ricans. Imagine that. Are you said earlier, kind of in passing, we brought up Kanye, that he changed twice for you. Yes. So when did the first change occur and and also i did i have been told before by cat 60 minutes shit right now you hear this guy <laughs> yeah what did, did, did kanye was change for you me? love when i when i get too yeah, serious you get so wait, no no but cast did tell me at some point recently like for a long time you were really still in touch with him a lot like it lasted for a while so yeah how did your how did the relationship progress let me say okay that. so the first change for me was ultimately when his mom passed away but even with that when he was still dating amber he would come to our events still, softball games that we would have, 
Remember. You really did have softball games? Well, yeah, because <laughs> uh, You remember that You did it to yourself No, bro You did it to yourself Yo, remember DJ Threat passed away And we had a celebrity oh, softball yeah, yeah, game yeah, every yeah. year And didn't you play yeah, the yeah. pimples? Did that ever happen? I made that up No, no, no That never happened ever. That'd be, that'd so be that, That's what it was And no, we used to have you know, I used to have Ebro's to be on our team Ebro's oh, that's to right, for that's the heavy hitters And it was dope It was just a way to kind of like show love And then And he would come to all that kind of stuff He would come to the stuff Him and Amber would come And they'd be with us and hanging out Regular people yeah. It was always amazing. And then once he got with Kim, I lost him. It was gone. New yeah. management, numbers changed, no more cell phone. Yeah, he got I'm into like, the matrix. Just, just emails. And then I, it was weird shit now. So I had like his security guards calling my phone. Kanye's at the hotel. He wants to know if you come by. He has some stuff for you. <laughs> so I didn't get it all the time, but he just wanted to keep the relationship. On some the, level. On some level. He was building his home in California, but he was staying at the Mercer Hotel the Mercer, somewhere yeah. downtown or mm-hmm. something like that. And he'd be like, yo, E, I got something special in the world. He's sitting here. Come see me. <laughs> like, all right, cool. And what would it be? Just music. You know, whatever. Just, I want to play something. It just kept going. It just kept going. Like, what's something you bit. got early? Like, Watch the Throne or something? I mean, all that stuff. I was good there. music stuff. I was, all, I was around all of it, you right. know? Because also, this is my beginnings of... Getting down with Mike Dean, and mm-hmm. I didn't know Mike Dean for long, but Mike Dean became a heavy hitter, and I was like, "Oh, Mike Dean's his guy." Mike Dean's doing a lot of mixes for him and doing a lot of the tech stuff. You know, mm-hmm. he's a producer, but he's doing a lot of tech stuff too. So Mike Dean became my guy also. Mike Dean was always downtown and always staying at and apartment. Mike Dean became a heavy hitter. Yeah, Mike Dean's a heavy hitter too. What? Yeah. What is heavy hitters now? Yo, bro, we, it's, 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 we, a serious, we a serious thing, Pop. Yo, it's, 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 it's DJ enough, Kanye yeah. West, Mike Dean. Mm-hmm. Mike Dean. Mike Dean, man. Mike, Mike Dean, Dean is... Mike Dean's is somebody you should have here. Oh, oh no, yes, no, we yes. We, we should have here. Like, do you know anyone that knows him that could help us get him? <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. I know I, you, know what, you know what? Before, remember me? I used to DJ for Biggie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know. I used to DJ for Biggie. I used to DJ for Biggie. Yo, Mike Dean is phenomenal. I think Karen. I think Karen Rate's been helping out Mike too. Hundred percent. He's a new artist named Stash. Yeah, yeah. And Karen yeah. Rate's been helping him out. So we we should we could definitely get him. We should. So Kanye's still he's still around, right? But in a weird, different, yes. getting calls from security guards kind of way. I'd always I would always question him like, Yo, why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? And then he would try to break it down to me like, I'm not insane. I'm actually very smart. I know what I'm doing. I forgot the references he would use, but it was like somebody who. We all thought it was insane, but in actuality, they were very smart. Right. He was trying to- say Crazy that, like that, a fox. That's what he was kind of like doing. When he would come do things like Summer Jam, did you always sort of remain the point person for Hot when things no. related to Kanye? No, no. After that, it was just however he dealt with it. With the okay, got it. Whoever. But would he make sure to, to get time with you? Like if he came to do Summer Jam- Like there was one year he performed, he didn't do that well. What was the year that he brought Jay-Z out? Death and of then, Auto? No, no, Death. No, I, it was, no there was a year I DJed for Kanye on Summer Jam. And he had he Jay-Z punched. as his guest. And that was the one where Jay's there for like two minutes standing. No oh, yeah. playing. Yeah, that was the Auto Tune. That, that was, was the Death of Auto Tune year. That was the year he year. battled Swiss Beats, I think. No? No. No, that was no, a different year. Different, different year. year. This is when Jay. Just um, stood there. Yeah, stood there and, and then raised his arm and this side of the crowd made noise. And then raised his arm and this side of the crowd made noise. And they were specifically looking at me like, don't you dare stop. Start the music, right? Like it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a cue. Yeah. But then the cue passed its point, and I'm like, "What do I do?" Yeah. Oh, because but this then, is um, "Diamonds Are Forever" remix, right? 
and he's uh, standing there. Yeah. And oh, so Jay, this isn't the auto tune. And here. Jay's getting so much love. It's mm. crazy. I never. It's crazy. I'm like, don't you dare play the music enough. Do not cut this. Yeah. It, keep was it a going. moment, bro. It was a moment. So yeah. I had to, had to hold tight. <laughs> and then you eventually bring in diamonds then, over forever. Then we. Then it goes off, and it's crazy. I got it's it from. Magic. I got it from here. Yay! Damn. Mm-hmm. But that was auto tune, also. I think same no, year. I don't think it's the same year. All I know is I think. They had all all white, so maybe all white. But that shit wasn't. So you would DJ for Kanye? Yeah, at that at that, that time, one for that. How one. how many times did you DJ for him over the years? Not a lot, couple here and there. Okay, not a lot though. And when was the last time you had any real interaction with him? It's been a minute. But my moment of fame was he invited me to the garden to a concert, and I went. During that night, he gave me Clark Kent a bunch of people in the industry flowers on stage and I thought that was amazing he wanted me to go to backstage and I was like I'm not going backstage I wasn't a fan of backstage I always felt like backstage was a mess too many security the dudes the groupies it's annoying it's just it's, it's annoying, annoying. There's, it's just not a thing for me there's a headache that comes with yeah, it for yeah, sure there's, a, there's but that some is moments cool. back there though but that is cool that he did that 100% does it make you like watching the doc and then watching everything that's happened since it must be kind of sad to see the whole thing play out the way it is. Yeah, it hurts. But I know in his heart he's a good dude, but the choices he's made are just, it's just stupid. And I wish somebody was next to him who could tell him what's what. Was there ever anyone that you saw that could truly get his ear? Like if they. If in they, the very beginning, I thought like John Monopoly. Yeah. And I thought like Don C. And Plain Pat, those guys were his day ones. Yeah. Those, those were his is guys. It, is John still around him or no? No, no, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who's. I think around he's like that. in and out. Last time I don't know I who's around. Seen John Monopoly, he still had dealings with him. Yeah, I feel like he brings people in and out though, and it's hard because I how do you it. say no? I believe it. But it's not like he is playing pat well, with him not, every day anymore. You're not ever like pushed all the way out. There's no like, hey, I no no longer need your services. Yo, it's just he it, fades. Yo, it's like I saw Cipher for the first time in a long time at the French Montana party. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cipher's big know, night you out. Know, you know, Cipher tells me mm-hmm. he goes. Daddy called. <laughs> well, you didn't say daddy, but you said something like a flex call. Yeah, I said something like, yeah. He wants dad, me to come back outside. Dad told me so. to come outside. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so I was cracking up. because I haven't, It was good to see Sype because I haven't seen him in so long. I know, man. I'm and then he terrible. was just like, yo, how old are you, bro? And I was like, I thought I was weird. I said, why did you ask me that question? He goes, bro, I looked at a picture the other day, and in the picture, everybody's dead. And I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Who was in the Bobby J. Cab, Bobby J. Big Cab, Frank Jugger. Yeah, they're all gone. It was it's like, other oh, people shit. too. Like it's just fucking. It was a. It was because I was when I was packing up my records from that basement. I was finding all these pictures oh, and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, so, Fuck, so me and Sife had a moment. That it was a weird moment, yeah, but it was, was a moment. Then I go, I go, I go ask him about his son because his son's a big time producer now. Who, by the way, DJ Enough's son produced uh, Munch for Ice Spice and works with her on a lot. Um, what does he go by, by the way? What's his riot? So when you see riot as the producer, that's E's kid. Yeah, it's crazy. Are you happy for him? I went to Rolling Loud, the same Rolling Loud you guys went to, and he's performing on stage or walking out, getting ready to come out. I'm getting ready to cry. And I'm like, I can't cry. I'm DJ enough. And I'm riot's, <laughs> I'm riot's dad. That's I look crazy. like a pussy if I cry. Oh, and I'm riot. like, stop. And I'm like, oh, shit. That's crazy. But I'm seeing... All these kids screaming. I'm yeah. like, what well, is this? Is, this is nuts. This is my little they guy. Know him. 
No, not yet. But, but he DJs her. for her. No, he's produced her. But he comes out with her. Yeah, for that show he did. But yeah, so Damn, it's just, it's just weird. It's just it's fucking. Somebody weird. showed another picture of my kids, and he goes, "You're somebody's father." <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> what did you did. say? You know why? Because well, what did you I mean? Got it, you, know, you know what it is? Cypher is very funny and is a great DJ, and I just love the space that you're in right now. You know what I'm Thanks, saying? Thanks, man. Because you're somebody's father. Yo, did you mean you DJ one time for uh, Danny Boy at Roseland? You don't remember Danny that? Boy. You don't remember? House of Pain, Danny Boy? No, different Danny Boy. Danny Brown. My bad. Danny, Danny Brown. Brown. Bugging, but I got the Danny's fucked up. I mean, you were close, oh, Danny B. Oh, there it was, was an ASAP Rocky, ASAP Rocky, Danny Brown, Kendrick. Yeah, yeah, it was a bunch of shit like yeah. that. Remember? Me and you yeah, DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, yeah. it was like a, it was like a comedy thing. Like me and you were DJing, and you were just being funny. Well, I was, and then I, I was being by funny. That time, and then there was like some funny shit happening. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I could have ended up been doing improv with fucking yeah, Sice. So mm. I remember. I, I came into my own personality like towards the end of before I left High 97 and I would go to clubs and I would DJ but I would say funny shit on the mic. Nah, you had the crowd in a in a in a, in a dance like a club. Yeah, I know. And I remember I went in there once with L Bugs. L Bugs was hosting and I walk in and L Bugs is like, yeah, we about to start the comedy show. And I was like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm a joke? You know what I mean? <laughs> but it was the first time somebody like filtered it and right. let me know. And he was like, nah, you always funny when you're in the... And I didn't realize it was a thing. That's where my comedy career came from. Like, like those moments of like saying... I remember I used to do this club on 23rd. What was that club on 22nd or 23rd and 6th? Oh man, what was one? it was remember it went through the whole block. You could go on into the twenty first street side or the twenty second street side. Oh Le Poulet? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And they had these good Spanish parties there. Yeah, Le Poulet. And so I walk in there and that that block was notorious for radios being stolen out of cars for some reason. Is that like, the same block where like uh Justin had Exactly Justin was? Yes. That was that yeah. the the back entrance or something. So like twentieth street, nineteenth street yeah. on there. Yeah. And the co- I called the cops and the cops came and they were like I was like, hey, my radio was stolen. They were like, oh, 22nd Street? I was like, wait, what? Y'all know this is a thing? But I go on stage and I'm like, yo, all my Latinos, Dominicans, Colombians. I said, I said, nobody's allowed to leave while I'm here. I don't want nobody stealing my radio. And like the entire crowd starts laughing like a comedy show. And it's a stupid joke. Right, right. But L Books was like, yo, son, you gotta, hey, I mean, that's where like. Really? But I don't know. What the fuck am I doing now? Yeah, so stuck doing this. Yeah, disgrace. disgrace. That same club, I meet Shakira for the first time. What, that club? That same club. It was a big Spanish night on Sunday. Yeah. I did it, and I was a Pepsi DJ at the time, and Renee McLean and them would bring in Shakira to meet me. Wow. I have no idea who Shakira is. Okay, I'm so entrenched into hip-hop. And I'm you mean you a, don't I'm, know what she looks like or you didn't even know who she I was? Had nothing. No clue, nothing. Wow. No, wife, not, not a shake your bonbon kind of guy. And my wife laughs at me because, Martin? you know, she's already a big, huge international yeah, yeah. star. She's just crossing over for the first time here in the States. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. I meet the girl. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Whatever. <laughs> I'm not even excited to meet her. Yeah, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. She's in my way. I'm trying to DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I see a Pepsi commercial with her the next day. And I'm like, that's the girl from the fucking club. So I, then I call Renee. Yo, Renee, that was the girl from last time in the club. He goes, yeah, you dickhead. You were fucking rude to her, too. So I'm over here. And the, the reason why I'm bringing the story up is because that's my wife's favorite artist to yeah. this day. Oh, really? Favorite. 
That's crazy. Whenever she's in a bad mood, she's like, push Shakira on. I remember that because Shakira's the one that called Kanye and told him to stop fucking with you. Because <laughs> of what she did to <laughs> um, Was the Summer Jam moment with Ye the only time you ever DJed for Hove? Or were there other, any others? No, never. Never otherwise. Mm. How about this? Do you remember the Jay Biggie relationship? Because Jay told us on one app that they talked like the last year of Biggie's life. Basically, they talked every day. I don't know about that. I remember seeing him on the road. The, some of the magic moments to me was like, okay, we did, I think, Bam together. So I'm DJing for Big, Irv Gotti's DJing for Jay-Z. <laughs> and it's just like, those moments are crazy. Like, Big and, big and Jay Z show together. Yeah, hold on, hold on. There was a is there that was, recorded. Yeah, there was a, hold on. There was a Big and Jay show at Bam in at Brooklyn. Bam in Brooklyn, hundred percent. Were they the headliners? I don't, I don't know. They were the only guys. They were the only. That's so it. Biggie headlined yeah. and Jay opened. Essentially, no, it was just Biggie and Jay. That's it. That's that's, that's it. crazy. That's it was. Were you at the Palladium? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. That night, Biggie got arrested with D Rock. Six precinct with the with the, with the with the peach. Yeah. No, no, no. It was Angie's party or something, right? Or Angie, no. was, doing, Angie was doing play. No, not that time. one. Okay, there was two different times. Wait, you DJed for Big? No, no. I, I was DJing for Big at that time already. No, but I'm saying, were you DJing at that Palladium show? Was it a show? I DJed the party. It was me, the and party. Cap, me and Cap were DJing yeah. that night. And no, I, I think it's a different night. A different night. There's, There's a, a famous times, picture yeah. of Biggie in a, like a peach, uh, some kind of linen uh, pants or whatever. But um, I think it's Jay album release party. Oh, yeah, you've talked about that before. And, and Biggie was there. Oh, and showed up and rapped there. Yeah. Uh, hold on, a couple things that we didn't ask about. Two, two pieces of radio. Uh, Cass One, you met Cass when he was very young, right? How, did, how, did, how old was he? He was just in college or just coming into college. Him and El Boogs were like roommates or something, and they, they weren't really good friends or something <laughs> like that. They kind of had beef at college a little bit. Okay. And then... Um, L Books first was kind of like my guy because he was trying to be on the radio. He was the hosting dude. That was his position. So mm -hmm. it was good to have a guy like him around. So that way I could be lazy if I wanted. If you didn't feel like doing mic work for a yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. Yo, come on, Books. Just crack the mic while I DJ. You know, so he was L Books' guy. He comes mm -hmm. to the station. Okay, I'm doing the midnight run at this time. The midnight run was 12 to 4. We only had one stop set of commercials. Okay, so wow. imagine me DJing two, three hours straight. Straight. How could you smoke enough cigarettes during that time? That was oh, really that was challenging. You were going to the bathroom. Thing, you know, you were smoking the bathroom. Maybe in the hallway, like whatever it was. <laughs> so I had to take a shit. Okay. All right, it's one of them nights. Yep. There was no, nobody's with me. I'm by myself. I look at Cass one. I say, yo, I mean, Bugs. Yo, Bugs, your guy DJs, right? He says, yeah, come here. I look at him. I say, bro, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to start this Diwali rhythm or the Showtime rhythm, whatever it was. I said, please just play a couple of records. And I know he could do it because the reggae sets, he's, he used to do it too. And it's not that hard. You got to stay with, stay in the hard. rhythm. Stay yeah. on the rhythm. It's yeah, real yeah. simple. He starts, he's literally letting every record play to the end, next record, to the end, yeah. next record. He's flipping it over now. And it's the album, the Showtime. How, what kind of shit are you taking here? <laughs> Bro, I'm in there for a minute. <laughs> But, so Cass is nervous. He's looking for me. <laughs> and that and, was when he started the big man, dog shit pull. Hold on. And this is the crazy part. Cass doesn't DJ like me, you, or Sife. He what DJs he? hamster stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because no, yeah, 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 yeah. he, he was taught. He DJs backwards. By mistake. What we call backwards. Right. Yeah. Hamster yeah. style. So, so imagine he's doing this on the air. <laughs> right. And he's not talking. He's just playing the rhythm. 
after I take a shit, I fall asleep on the couch. No. What no. are you talking Cass about? Is What's happening here? Cass is looking for me. He's looking for me. Like, where the fuck you is walk into up? a couch? I literally, <laughs> I passed the DJ booth. He didn't even see me. Yeah. And then in the hallway where the, where the, where the windows are. Yeah, in the back, yep. yep. There used to be couches there. Yep. So I just sat down for two seconds because I guess whatever shit I took wore me out. <laughs> so I was like, just for a few minutes. I got, he has a few more records before yeah. whatever. But I fell asleep. It might have been two, three in the morning. I don't know. I fell asleep. <laughs> so he did like an hour? He, no, he just kept going and kept going. And then they found me and he's like, there he goes. I, then I, I woke up. I was like, he sounds good. Don't worry. You got it. <laughs> And I, just, I just let him keep rocking. And that was uh, it. That's crazy. That's it. And now Cass One is your DJ. That's crazy. And he Cass is a great DJ yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, Another yeah. very clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's good. I love Cass because he's rocks parties, but he's a nerd. Oh my God. Yeah, he he's he's listening gets, right now. He gets it. Cass, <laughs> what up? He's listening. Cass Uno. Te quiero. I love him. That's my guy. Yeah, no, he's the best. Um, and shout out to our, our bosses at, at Hot. I walked in the other day and I saw Rashan. He, he was walking in. Listening to this episode from last week. That's dope. And then our other boss, Brad, texted me yesterday and was like, he was like, yo, you and Cypher so funny on one app. And he goes, man, I didn't know, you know, all of enough's history. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is why we're, this is why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so shouts to those guys. One more Camilla question. No. Yeah. One of them said, tell us about the day Angie left. Oh, oh that hurt. Oh my that God. Was tough. Cypher's there too. No, oh, no, we weren't there. That's that the was, problem. That was the, was the afterwards when you did your campaign. No, there's the, I'll tell you my part real quick. I was at Radio City Music Hall doing a sound check because Dave Chappelle was going to do a couple shows. You know Dave Chappelle? Dave Chappelle. I used to DJ That's for your guy, man. <laughs> so he, this is the first run he did Radio City. He did maybe like five shows. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a sound check and Laura Styles calls me and she goes like, like frantic. Mm-hmm. And she's leaving. She's quitting. She's going to power. Uh-uh, she didn't say she was going to power yet. She told me. She told you? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Wait, who? Angie didn't say it? I didn't say to nobody where she was going. She just said she was leaving. Maybe maybe I, maybe I mixed right. it. Maybe whatever. She said, Angie's leaving. Fucking. Then I turn on the radio. Everybody's there. People crying. Yo, Mary J. Blige is there. Taraji P. Henson's there. It's like, it's nuts. It, it, it was, I, guess where I was? At the fucking gym. <laughs> Laura, I guess, hit me up and was like, told me what was going on. And I've, I've said this before in the moment I was pissed cause I'm so competitive. And when I knew mm. Dom, I think hit me on the side and was like, she's going to power mm. and I hear they're having this tearful goodbye. And obviously I love Ange to death, but in that moment mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not fucking going to a celebration of someone it going to mad, power. Right? I was tight. How did you, how did you, how did you, it, it, it kind of hurt because look, if you think about it, Angie was my A-lister, right? If I always felt like a B-lister, Angie was my connection to the A-listers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She was tight with Jay. She was tight with Mary. She was tight with Taraji. She was tight with the actors and actresses. That's the girl. She's the runaway girl who interviewed all the superstars and celebrities. Yeah. Yep. And she was my homegirl from the early days. Yeah. And always, you know, she gave me my shot. She helped co-sign me with Tracy to come work at high. For out of towners who don't know, by the way, so Angie did Afternoon Drive. And enough was her DJ. So like they were, clock, yeah. they they were a tandem on yeah. the station and a force for years together. Yeah, everything that happened since then is trying to copy what we that did. magic. What we did of right. Angie right. and enough doing the what was the show called? Well, it, it, when Red did it, was the five o'clock free ride, and then free when ride. I took it back over, it was traffic called, jam. Was, no, the traffic yeah. jam was the morning. Oh yeah. Um, I, I just called it the Rush Hour. Yeah, rush, rush Hour. Yeah, good because name. Midnight Run, Rush Hour. You yeah. got good names. I took bro. him off a movie. Yeah, you still him off a movie? Yeah, yeah. Midnight yeah, Run was names. Robert De Niro. I like that movie. Yeah. 
Good names. So so yeah. so, so it took it took you a little while to. Yeah. Oh, so you were there? Yeah, I literally there. because I was there. It was you. That was your time slot. Yeah. And were you just sort of like? I was pissed. Yeah. I was hurt. Like, what the fuck? Where you going? She hadn't given you the heads up before. No, she couldn't. No, she couldn't. She could, yeah, no, when that kind of deal, no. you can't. Because the thing is, I got offered a job at Power six mm-hmm. months or so before that. Mm-hmm. From remember G Spin? Yes. Went from yes. Boston. Yeah. Went to Power. Yep. Offered me a job. And I said, no, mm-hmm. I said, I could never, I'll be so embarrassed. Right. Flex and Angie would look at me like a traitor, a sellout. Right. And then Angie was like, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> Peace y'all. I was like, what the, no, what and, the and, fuck? And, and they, and on her way out the door, they threw roses at her oh. feet. Bro, my, my, my exit from Hot 97 was... Yo, be careful while you say it, because my wife really thinks you got kicked out the building. No, she wasn't. You know you wasn't kicked out the building. No, but no, I didn't get kicked out, but the email was unceremonious. Ceremonious? Yes. It said, Cypher Sounds is no longer affiliated with MS Broadcasting. Something like that. We wish him the right. best. We, we wish him, we, we wish him the best in his future, future endeavors. endeavors. <laughs> in wrestling, right. in wrestling, that happens all the time. In wrestling, that, ter- that term, because that's the WWE statement, yeah. it's used as a verb. People say he got future endeavors. That's right. hilarious. <laughs> so, so I get fucking, and I'm like, I cried. Like I, was, I gave this station 17 years, one way or another, blood, sweat, and tears, and they just fucking write me off. Where Andrew fucking went to the competition had a party balloons flowers Ghostface was crying it was crazy and she's going to the competition I was like this is bullshit man and and uh, you know what uh, now you look back and you go I get it it was Angie it, Angie. <laughs> it was Angie you had I to do it. it I ain't mad at her no more no I was mad in the beginning just did you did you have an actual she, period she, where you guys weren't she close got that bag no man. no no so you never had a period you were actually mad. I mean, I was a little mad, upset, but that's my girl. Right. We had so much history with each other. How can I really be mad at her? Do you guys think that I'm a bag? Do you guys think that I'm a loser? Yes. That I still like I look at everything from a sports standpoint. Mm-hmm. And to me, brother, I'm Derek Jeter now. Exactly, you are Derek Jeter, 100. percent And I believe I'm the captain, and I'm the guy who's been in the longest now, besides Flex. Oh, that's right. And 100%. I and by the way, I believe that. Before it's all said and done, when Angie truly retires, I believe her last mic time should be on hot. Like I, I still feel that way. Wow. I don't know if it would ever happen. When it's I saw, de- it's definitely not going to happen, bro. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't think so. Because they wouldn't have enough well, money. You never know, bro. Who you know, thought back then? Who thought she would go to power? So because we don't know what's going to happen. And here, I'll, I'll make up a scenario. Her podcast, which is obviously doing amazing, which I make fun of because because when she when she announced she was doing it, she was like, I'm so flattered. Uh, I, I started my podcast and everyone likes it so much. <laughs> and like the, out of the gate, the heaviest yeah, hitter guests of all time. I'm like, Angie, stop. Of course, it's the biggest. So what Angie. So let's say her podcast continues to blow up. It ends up being huge. She's making bags doing the podcast. Right. I could see a world in which the radio part becomes less important to her. Right. And it would be like, hey, I'll, I'm just going to go do it to do it. You know what I mean? Because certainly if it was for a bag, we may not be the place to come to. You know what I'm not saying? For bag, no. Not for the bag. Yeah, it's but never if, even if it wasn't for the bag, if you, if you listen to a lot of the conversations that she's had. Oh, really? The buildings change. Yeah, of things course. Things have changed. You know, it's not, it's not what and it's, it, what it has. And, and it has. Yeah, but Snoop Dogg owns Death Row Records now. Yeah, yeah. You don't know what's going to happen, bro. You never know. You never you know. You never know. Because she might buy hot. 
You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Snoop Dogg owns Death Row. Wow, who thought that was going to happen? Hold on, that came after he was president of Def Jam. <laughs> exactly. So I He quit that. his Def Jam that. job yeah. to, to buy Death, Death Row. Row. So, yeah, you just don't know. Because, like, in some ways it Ain't, is. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Yeah, it is different. But it's different in good ways and in bad ways. You know what I mean? So, I mean, in bad ways and in good ways, I should say. Right. And there's some similarities that are still there. It, what's really crazy is that I'm now one of the most tenured people there. Time you're, has, you're at the year when I left, right? How long you been I there? I think I may have passed you already. I'm at, I got here in 07 and it's 23. I've been there 16 that. years. Oh, I was there 17. Oh, I'm catching up. So next year is my year. Yeah, my yeah. life is, I better watch out. Mm, yeah, That's yeah. the year I better watch out. <laughs> um, e, we can't thank you enough, man, for doing this. And I, I still feel like we didn't get it all because I know you have so many, so many more stories, but we really appreciate you giving us three hours of your time, man. It's all good. Juan Epp for life. I, I hope or that Juan Epp is life. Juan Epp is life. I feel. Oh, you know when we came back, we called it Juan Epp is dead, and literally every week a rapper was dying. Oh man! And we like we got to change the name of the show. Hundred yeah. percent. We can't have it. Like be. when we first came back during the pandemic, we're like, "Yo, let's Juan Epp is dead." Tribute to De La. De La. So, you know yeah, I mean, I know. Yeah. But the old Juan Epp is dead is the new. And like we will every week, we're like, "Black Rob's died." DMX yeah. we were like, do we got a, uh, <laughs> so much death. By the way, before we leave, uh, Duop just texted me randomly. He wrote, so LOL, I'm currently watching the enough episode, which by the way is dope as shit. He said, I feel dizzy trying to keep up with his age timeline. According to him, he was 12 in 1987. And then, <laughs> and then, and then boom, like magic in 91, he's in his early 20s. <laughs> <laughs> and then he wrote, so dope, bro, honored. Yo, what, I wanna, well, how come you yo, didn't he, Yo, do I got a lot of mention in that damn. And this one too, it's an A2. It's, it's probably been a do I tribute. Yo, do I text me? <laughs> um, I don't think I, he knows you did these for little kids. Yeah, find out. You should tell him that. You should tell him. Um, enough. Thank you, man. No problem. We appreciate Thank you, you so much. You the great DJ Enough. And to all of our uh, patrons, we appreciate you. Make sure if you're listening to this, you subscribe to the YouTube because uh, you can watch this entire episode in crispy HD. Well, at least crispier than last week where I was blurry for Or never months. watch it. Just do us a favor. If you love us that much, press subscribe on your fucking bootleg generic email. Yeah. Just so we can get some fucking love. That's exactly right. That's it. I subscribed. You did? Yes, sir. Wait, to the podcast or the YouTube? YouTube. My man. Yeah. DJ, enough. Thank you, man. I didn't pay for it, but it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm cheap.